Hello and welcome to the post-production podcast. I'm Kiri. And I'm Rachel. And we are podcasters. We are media students and we talk about our own experiences in production as well as dubiously critiquing popular works. So today we're going to talk about television, which is something we actually have a lot of kind of sort of experience in. We, neither of us have worked on like real television but like I have a YouTube show and we kind of operate schedule wise kind of the same way as a TV show because we ha- we do different series series on the channel with multiple episodes each. So it, it kind of works like that, sort of. We get a lot of experience working with that and like working with the same characters from an acting perspective it's kind of growing into the characters and figuring them out over the course of time because like when you go back and watch the pilot episode of a very popular show you'll see wow they those actors hadn't really grown into the characters yet because that's something that takes a lot of time I think especially from an actress's perspective the more you play with a character the more you kind of figure it out and you get better at it I wouldn't know I just run the camera right and well and that's the other thing is like the director gets to kind of figure out what the look of the show is and the crew figures out what the look of the show is and all of that so it's interesting to watch as a show kind of grows and improves and stuff like that and the same goes for a YouTube channel like error 404 show not found in our case like and subscribe (laughs) But that's just a scripted production. There's also live production, which is what Rachel has more experience in. Yeah, I have experience live streaming, primarily sports, but I've gotten to do some other streams here and there just working with that technology. And I think that's definitely more what I feel confident doing, but working on and off of scripted production sets has definitely helped me gain more experience in other areas of camera work and lighting my least favorite part of camera work, audio, all that jazz. I am a lighting designer for like live productions and stuff like that. So I'm not offended. I completely understand. Yeah. <laughs> lighting setup is way different for soundstage production because they don't move. Right. Well, and you have to like angle everything in such a way to kind of get the feel that you want, but also make sure it's lit properly. It's lit. It's lit. <sighs> Yeah, that's the nice part about live streaming is that we don't have to mess with lighting for the most part. For the you most know, part. If we have people anchoring or something, we might have to light the setup therein. Yeah. But for the most part, we rely on whatever venue to take care of lighting because if it's basketball, we're not going to roll a bunch of spotlights out onto the court. I think you should. Right? It would be so awesome. Just like, this person has the ball and this person has the ball. Boom, boom, boom. For the first men's basketball game of the season, the 404 cast gets to appear on the basketball live stream. And so I've been on that side of it a few times. And it is a bit stressful, but you get used to it. You, you just go. And there's no script and it there's a lot of pressure because you know there's like thousands of people watching yeah pretty much like and hope nobody does anything stupid right Mm. (laughs) yeah there there are plenty of stories about that oh there are so many stories about people we're not going to talk about that here dumb things on live streams but yeah i don't know i feel like live streaming has really been my cup of tea in a lot of ways because my brain is fairly frenetic and chaotic as it is and so if you put me in a situation where in order to be good at it you have to be as chaotic as possible while staying calm under pressure i'm so there for that yeah see that's not my style i like having things scripted and planned and clearly and predictable you know that's that's my style so doing a live show I'm okay with being live on the air once a week once a week once a year 
Yeah. That's a little better. I'm, I'm sure if I was live on the air once a week, I would get used to it, figure it out. But yeah, like you can't just go into it blind. You do have to have some kind of pre-prepared, here's what we're going to talk about. Here's what we're going to do. No matter how live something is, there is always some semblance of a plan. There should be. But when things go wrong, it's usually pretty funny. But understanding the technical side of things, it's incredibly stressful. I think we have specialized in what we've specialized in because your style as a leader within media is very much like you really excel in planning details and processes and working with people to help them excel working and develop. With people? Wow. Wow. No one's ever said that before. <laughs> It's true. Whereas mine is more, I, I've noticed this in like my, my style leading in other areas, but especially in media, my style is to establish a super good big picture framework, you know, good bones, good habits for the media production, and then let people run with it and see what happens. And that, that style definitely works better in a live streaming format than it would say if I tried to direct a soundstage production, which would be a disaster. Yeah, I, I never really thought about that because uh, you're usually pretty good at like directing people too. Like you're you're a lot more of a people person than I am, but like you you're you're better with words. <laughs> Clearly, this is a great example. Dope. When when things go wrong on a live stream, one of the keys is to keep calm under pressure. You, you have to keep calm under pressure in scripted productions too, but the pressure is even more pressury when it's live. Because right. like like there, okay, there, there is no post production in no. live streaming. Our most recent first men's basketball game of the season, like everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. Except we weren't kicked off the air, so that was good. But like there was a halftime show where somebody presented a video, and oh, this was for the women's game right before and the video was at like 64 frames per second or something like that which was way faster than it was supposed to be mm -hmm. and so the commentator was like well I don't know if you understood anything they just said but that was the presentation yeah and it was really funny we like so like we had to go in during the game before the next halftime show for the men's game shout out to michael he's on error 404 show not found like and subscribe but he took that video and like slowed it down while under pressure to like have it up in time for the next halftime show so stuff like that happens and you need to have people who are ready to get on the problem and fix it before too long obviously we were thankful to have michael that day because we were all stretched really thin on staffing oh, yeah. various tech positions and it's so the most important game of the year too yeah so there are you know thousands of people in this arena and we're trying to run you know eight cameras and switch and run ads and we have the error 404 cast anchoring sections and so thankfully michael was able to convert the video that time but there have definitely yeah been michael was times. between tech and being on air as well so yeah this is just turning into a big shout out to michael yeah on Michelle, air 404 show not found like and subscribe you. but yeah the horror stories can go on forever oh yeah uh, Many mistakes, hopefully most of which we could look back on and laugh at in a few years. Maybe more than a few. In the <laughs> case of a few, <laughs> about 15 years. I think like my experience working on shows has definitely affected the way I watch shows, especially like sports productions and things like that, or just any live production whatsoever. So like, I think it was last year. There was a 4th of July parade in D.C. and they just completely lost connection and we were on a, a stock photo of the studio and it was like right before an air show. And so like Trump looked up and it cut out <laughs> and we could hear that we could still hear the airplanes going whoosh and everybody going wow. And we were like, ah, <laughs> and that was like, well, somebody just got fired. <laughs> 
or yeah. a bunch of people are panicking right now. Oh, yeah. man. And, and like, that's when you just, you can feel the adrenaline of the people that are undoubtedly freaking out about what cable got disconnected. Oh, yeah. And who to fire. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely have noticed watching some soundstage productions, you know, TV shows, like, yeah. I'll notice the way they set up their shots, the mm-hmm. way they're lighting, or I'll think... How on earth did they, you know, do this in Yeah, editing? how did they do that? Yeah. Let's start talking about our favorite TV shows. I don't watch very much television. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I didn't used to, but since I moved into a townhouse and there's a, a TV and one of the girls has all of her, like, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Hulu signed in, the works, I have started to, like, catch up on some shows that I used to love. So, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, that's coming back. No way! It is! It, it will already be back by the time we release this, and I'm super excited about that but at this point they haven't released it yet but they have announced the release date so I'm super pumped about that I've been re-watching all of those and man it is not a kid's show they they advertised it as such but yeah no that I, I just recently finished the episode where um ahsoka and some younglings get hunted for sport so yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not a kid's show but it's awesome and i'm really looking forward to the final season but it's also going to be really sad because we all know how it ends true but, unless you're not terribly familiar with star wars so i'm definitely more of a movie person but okay mostly because i don't have a ton of time regularly to be able to watch TV shows and keep up with them. Oh, I went to six classes today and then took a four-hour nap for context. (laughs) You need it. I was deceased by the end of my last class. You need naps. So yeah, I sleep instead of watching TV, but when I do watch TV, I've seen pretty much all of Grey's Anatomy because I watched it in high school. Yeah, see, I I could never get into medical dramas. That's fair. My life is a medical drama, so... (laughs) I find them a great coping mechanism. (laughs) I've also seen a decent amount of Gilmore Girls, not all of it. Same with Friends, seen most of it, not all of it. I got into The Office actually once I came to college. I'm not into it. The the comedy is a little too awkward for my taste, but it's something to watch when like somebody has it on and it's like, oh, it's The Office, you know? Yeah, I like that it's brainless. For me, like, <laughs> I can sometimes... sometimes it's good to have that. Yeah, sometimes I can even get homework done while there's an episode playing because it's, it's so not engaged <laughs> with your brain that you can just sit there and enjoy the fact that it's stupid and you don't have to watch the screen 100% of the time to catch every little detail. Not to mention office memes have composed the vast majority of the formation of my humor so (laughs) oh okay i thought you were gonna say the internet but yeah also that (laughs) what were your favorite tv shows as a kid because i definitely watched a lot of pbs kids so like fetch with ruff ruffman and zoom that was the precursor to fetch with ruff ruffman but i was definitely a super fan of fetch like i got like the stickers of Princess Blossom Pepperdoodle Von Yum Yum, you know. That was a really long name that I was not expecting to come out of your mouth. (laughs) They just called her Blossom, though. Gotcha. She's a cat. Okay. I, we didn't have cable growing up at all. Oh, we didn't either. We just had, like, over-the-air satellite just straight into our TV. Yeah, so we just watched, like, The Emperor's New Groove on repeat until Ah. the disc broke. But (laughs) television shows I can remember watching. We definitely watched the entire Arthur the Aardvark series. I have never heard of that. Yeah, you have. Okay, maybe I have, but I don't think I have. I'm pretty sure it's even on PBS Kids. I'm about to be so wrong. I don't even know if it's called Arthur the Aardvark. 
Yeah, see, we didn't have cable either, so we didn't get Disney Channel or Nickelodeon or anything like that, but we got, like, PBS and ABC, NBC, CBS. Like, those were our four channels. Yeah, so it's called Arthur, the show is. Oh, Arthur. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know the full thing was Arthur the Aardvark. Well, he's an Aardvark. No, he's not. His nose is is not that long. He's literally an Aardvark. Have you seen a real Aardvark? He is not literally (laughs) an Aardvark. I'm looking at a real Aardvark. (laughs) (laughs) That is the weirdest looking cartoon animal I've ever seen. Arthur is not an Aardvark. I thought he was a teddy bear or something like that. Arthur? Because Aardvarks have ridiculously long noses and they eat ants. Yeah, I will read this to you. Arthur Timothy Reed is the titular protagonist of both the book series and the PBS children's television series, Arthur. I wasn't allowed to watch Arthur because the kids were brats. And like, there are so many no, memes they now. they rats. Okay. Just kidding. And they- <laughs> That was hilarious. Oh, there are so many right memes. There are so many memes from Arthur now that I'm like, Yeah, I I can definitely see why my parents would not let seven-year-old me pick up that attitude. Right. So, according to Wikipedia, Arthur is an anthropomorphic aardvark. In the first Arthur book, Arthur's Nose, from 1976, he's shown with a long nose and resembles an actual aardvark. Although, when the TV series was developed, a noticeable, simplified version of Arthur took shape. On more than one occasion, Arthur's classmates tease him for his glasses and somewhat dorky attire. But... Can you imagine how much more he would be teased if he had, like, an elephant nose on yeah. top of the everything and see, else? see, then you would get a weird kid version of Cyrano de Bergerac. Who? Wow. Classic literature. He has a super long nose, and he tries to, like, get this girl to like him. Something like that. Other TV shows, Phineas and Ferb. Oh, yeah. I watched that a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good show. Good music. Those writers were on crap, good but acting. they were very Oh, my funny. gosh. I aspire to be on half the brain level those writers are on. Because, <laughs> like, you've got two stepbrothers, you know, trying to bond and looking for something to do over the summer. So they invent cool stuff. Sure, that's great. But then you have this whole B-plot of their platypus being a secret agent who fights a mad scientist in the middle of the city who is only, like, a minor inconvenience of a villain. Right? Well, and something I actually thought about the other day, randomly, you know, taking a shower, thinking about Phineas and Ferb as, as one do. does. <laughs> yeah. I realized that Phineas and Ferb is actually really woke with the diversity that's, like, represented. Oh, yeah. It's so awesome. Like, you see all of these great family structures, all of their friends are super unique characters yeah. uh, and then there's Dr. Doofenshmirtz yeah. who teaches us so much about cultural awareness oh yeah I cannot believe I just said that with a straight face <laughs> Dr. Doofenshmirtz is honestly hilarious oh and I that even that the animals are given jobs animal unemployment is at an all-time low right now like we could seriously improve it if we lived in a Phineas and Ferb world and hired our hired out our pets to be secret agents for the government you know right but apparently the owners aren't supposed to know do you remember they did a movie where they find <gasps> it was so good where they find out that P- P- Perry is a secret agent it was like it was like sad oddly emotional yeah. I definitely cried the first time I watched it granted I cry during all forms of vaguely emotional television <laughs> but like especially the Phineas and Ferb movie it's a good show I also watched the finale recently not like the full finale but like the final scene where they're all grown up have you seen it I think so but it was a long time ago I I watched like the whole show at one point and then I haven't watched it since then yeah it was super weird Spoilers, Isabel and Phineas finally kiss About on, time. on their way to college. And I was like, the shapes are kissing. I'm uncomfortable. 
Like the <laughs> geometry is not, not meant <laughs> to do this. Anyway, so that was super weird. Do we have any guilty pleasure TV shows? Let me pull up my Netflix list again. I was just looking at it. <laughs> Your Netflix list that you don't watch very often. Yeah, exactly. Let's see if I can guess what it is. I don't think you're going to get it. Batman 1966. No. <laughs> Although, one of the shows that was my guilty pleasure... The Batman cartoon? No. One of the super old Spider-Man cartoons. Oh, okay. The one... The one with Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah, I've seen, like, all of them. It's kind of <laughs> embarrassing. The best one... It's called Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. It's from the 80s. Oh. And so it's him and Firestar and Iceman. Okay. And they're these three, like, powerful teenagers. Ooh. Ooh. It's spicy. Awesome. It's an awesome show. But yes, that is no longer my guilty pleasure show. Okay, then what is it? Let's see. Teen Titans. No. Okay. Uh, Give me a genre. Trash. <laughs> the Bachelor. No. Although I did watch the last full season of The Bachelor, the one with Colton Underwood, where he like hops a fence and stuff. I don't follow that show at all. My housemates watch it a lot, so sometimes I'll watch it and laugh. They watch it to make fun of it, and that I understand, but some of the drama is just like, this is clearly overreaching. Love Island, Australia. That's another one my housemates watch a lot. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> No. So it is a fictional show, if that uh, helps. Fictional trash. Almost as trashy as Love Island, probably. Okay. Oh, if this helps, we've talked about my my nerdy consumption of all of the Spider-Man shows because I was into comics as a kid. It does have to do with comics. I have no idea. I hope it will be obvious once you tell me. It will. What is it? Riverdale. Oh, Big okay. Archie fan over here. Okay. And Riverdale just gets worse with every season, and I love it more with every <laughs> season. Like, I go home for the summer, and it always comes out on Netflix, like, right at the end of May with the next season. And I swear, I go through a full season in, like, a week. It's bad. The fan base for Riverdale seems very polarized, or, well, I guess it's not always a fan base. Like, people either love it or they hate it. Yeah, you can't have, like, a soft opinion on Riverdale. Corny cheese. Corny cheese. Cheesy corn. Cheesy corn. It's actually, so I feel like once you get into the story, the storytelling is kind of drawn out. Every season there's a mystery that they're trying to solve. Oh, boy. And all of these, like, subplots, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And all the characters are, like, in love and in high school, and that's the corny part. See, they don't look like they're in high school. They look like they're no, 27. Because they, they are. <laughs> yeah, which is not great for high schoolers' self-esteem because they think they should look like they're 27 when they're, like, 14. Amen, sister. Ugh. The thing with Riverdale is their their storytelling itself is, like, pretty good, and they do a good job of supporting it with their visuals and their soundtrack. But then like you the, just... The color palette is pretty cool. I will say that. It is really cool. They have this kind of neon sign theme. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very much based around... It's like, bluey. Yeah, the colors of. you would find in, like, an old 60s diner. Yeah. Kind of this jukebox lighting. But then you listen to the dialogue, and it's like, oh. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I really like you. And look at the acting. Let's make and it's out. Like, and then solve a mystery by doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Most of the series like takes place in the middle of the night, despite the fact that they're all supposed to be going to high school. It's great. Do they ever actually go to high school? Yeah, there are a lot of scenes that take place in the high school, but you know the oh. high school is like are they lit, ever in class? Moody. Sometimes it has scenes that show the end of a class, but you never see them like 
in class for the most mm. part. A school that has moody lighting just sounds like it would do terrible things to a student's mental state. Right? Like, I fall asleep with mood lighting. But even, like, so. the stark fluorescent lights, that's bad, too. I don't know. Make it exciting, schools. Come on, schools. Neither of us went to school. So what, what then, is your <laughs> guilty pleasure show? Let's see if you can guess. Is it Castle? No, but I did watch that with my parents back in the day, and I kind of liked it until I lost interest. Yeah, and CIS. I also watched that one with my mom back in the day. (gasps) Same. Until I lost interest. Yep. And so did she, because, like, the cast just completely changed, and, like, they were clearly just trying to keep the show on the air. They weren't trying to keep it good. Oh, yeah, big time. If you ever watch, like, an episode of the first season versus an episode of the most recent season, even just the way they shoot and edit the show is so different. It's like night and day. So, like, as you watch a show from beginning to end, it gradually improves for a while until they clearly just lose their drive and all they're just in it for the paycheck at this point, and that's when it starts to go downhill. Yeah. Anyway, uh, nope, it's, it's not a drama. Give me uh, a genre. Comedy. Okay, there are two that I'm trying to decide between. Oh, well, <laughs> that's not on. helpful. But I have one in mind. It's definitely comedy? Yeah. Is it How I Met Your Mother? No. Is that one? That's like a sitcom, right? I don't know what you would call How it's I Met like Your Mother. It's like half reality, half acted. That should probably help you. Or it just mystifies me. Drunk history. Oh! <laughs> it's educational and funny. You are a, such a nerd. I am. I love history. We've talked about this. I was almost a history major. That's going to be I your can new only, identity. Yeah, it's just I was almost major. a history major. Like I can only watch so much of it at once because watching drunk people starts to get a little uh, annoying after a while. <laughs> but it's really funny because they have these drunk historians tell funny stories about history, and then they have professional actors come in and act out the story exactly the way they tell it, with them mouthing the the words of the person, the drunk person telling the story, and it's really, really funny. Wow, I kind of want to become a history professor just so I can be on that show. <laughs> well, they had Lin-Manuel Miranda talk about Hamilton. I'm obsessed with him, and not in small amounts. Like, I have his Twitter notifications on. I know his every <laughs> move. You know, there, there's a Hamilton movie coming along I'm so very excited. soon. It's going to be great. I'm going to go see In the Heights, and I'm going to sob oh, the whole time. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that movie. I want to see that, too. When is that coming out? In the summer? I think so. Do you want to guess my other guilty pleasure? Are we talking TV-wise? Or TV, in, in TV. Life? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say your other guilty pleasure is that horse show, Heartland. I've never heard of that. Oh, no, wait. Yes, I have. I've never seen that. Dang. It is a cartoon, sort of. Is it anime? No. Is it Avatar The Last Airbender? I loved that show, but no, that that's not guilty at all. I loved that. Uh, Fair. But no, that's not what I'm thinking of. Is it meant for children or adults? Adults. Is it Bob's Burgers? No. Family guy. It's not something you can find just anywhere. Huh. And I don't know if you're the type who would be familiar with it, because it's a kind of niche. All right, hit me. Red versus blue? Blank stare. Okay. So how do I explain this? Is it political? No. It sounds political. (laughs) It's a comedy. And it's a lot of the humor is pretty trashy but it's really funny, and seasons 6 through 13 are really good. You can watch 1 through 5 for some background, but they don't really provide some, like, huge plot. 
related things. Like, things start getting interesting in season six. And then after season 13, it all just kind of goes downhill. Let me just read y'all the list of genre labels that Google assigns to this show. Oh, boy. Animation, science fiction, comedy, war, military science fiction, and comedy drama, which we've already determined is actually comedrama or dramedy. Yeah. But, yeah, aside from the trashy humor... Seasons 6 through 13 are really well written, and the story is really good, especially seasons 6 through 10. Those are what I recommend. But my issue with that show is I always find myself watching it when I'm going through something. (laughs) Yikes. Like, you know, it's one of those shows. But basically, they use Call of Duty characters and Call of Duty settings, and then they animate it using controllers. Oh, it's so weird. It's interesting. I love that. Uh, And it was groundbreaking when it first came out because nobody had ever done that before and now that's actually apparently kind of a popular thing but i haven't seen other shows like that it's a good show but it's not for the faint of heart or the uh those with sensitive ears yeah it's it's really funny and good for when you just need a laugh fair that's me and my addiction to watching random snl excerpts on youtube whenever i should be doing homework or vine compilations oh yeah vine compilations that's not really tv but well speaking of tv i am waiting for the day that someone turns vine compilations into a tv show idea but it might be that work it might be too much of an intersection of an older medium of media being tv shows and one of the newest iterations of that being vine Mm -hmm. but i could see tiktok doesn't exist yeah no tiktok doesn't count i saw a fellow student tweeted today that um she doesn't watch tiktoks because it feels like being disloyal i saw that too but i'm telling you vine tv show pitch it to us do it so You take some currently homeless Vine star seeking to find their true calling in life again now that their only platform has been ruthlessly stolen out from under them, and you allow them to make Vines, but instead of being seven seconds, they're 45 minutes, and it's called a TV show. (laughs) But it would be kind of funny. It's called The Vineyard. I hate that. (laughs) I, I love it so much. It'd be kind of funny, though, if you took a vine and you tried to unpack it into 45 minutes of content, you could write like a whole fictional plot line. Like you take... Hi, welcome to Chili's. Yeah, exactly. That was the one I was thinking of, actually. You take (laughs) that and you unpack like, why is he wearing that outfit? Why are we at Chili's in the bathroom? Exactly. There's just so much that could go into that. Yeah. And you could have characters that remain the same and randomly pop up from episode to episode. Mm -hmm. You could have like running jokes. It would be awesome. I might actually get cable to watch it. So I think it's time we play a little game that I like to call Downton Abbey or SpongeBob. So I'm going to read you. (laughs) Is this an original concept? Oh, yes. Well, sort of. God bless. It's one of those, guess where the quote comes from. So I'm going to read you a quote, and you need to tell me whether this is a quote from Downton Abbey or Spongebob. I hope you all know that I'm going to say my answers with the utmost confidence, and I actually have no idea. Do you watch either of those shows? Have you watched either of those shows? I was not allowed to watch Spongebob. Me neither. Yeah, I figured. And I have seen random out-of-context episodes of Downton Abbey because my mom watches it. All right. I'm going to say them all in a British accent to confuse you. Oh, that's so confusing. Oh, it's you. I thought it was a man in your clothes. Yo, what? (laughs) A man in your clothes. I'm going to have to say Downton Abbey. That is correct. Now, does it ever get cold on the moral high ground? Definitely SpongeBob. That's Downton Abbey. 
dang, that was my thought. But then I was like, no, I need to go with the opposite of my instinct. This is what I get for trying to reason out a game of chance. We shall never deny a guest even the most ridiculous request. Are these just all Downton Abbey? No. I'm going to say that was Spongebob. That was Spongebob. Yes. yes. I said you can go for a drink of water, not a trip up the Nile. Downton? Yes. Yes. No, she's not being rude. She's just wrong. Spongebob? Downton Abbey. Dang it! I'd rather be an idiot than lose you. Aww. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I'm... uh, Yeah, we need to stop recording these late at night. I sound like an idiot. Oh, it's But I'd rather be an idiot than lose you. Aw, thank you. I'm going to say Spongebob. That is correct. Yes. Sympathy butters no parsnips. Yo... Can you read it again? Sympathy butters no parsnips. I'm going to say, since the word parsnips is in it, it's from Downton Abbey. Yeah. You know me. Never complain, never explain. SpongeBob. Downton Abbey. What? Uh, I think these are all Downton Abbey and you're just lying to me about some of them. No, no. Always follow your heart unless your heart is bad with directions. SpongeBob? Yes. Okay. See? Dumb people are always blissfully unaware of how dumb they really are. Spongebob? Yes. Dope. Just because everything on that show is dumb, I figured they'd be good at talking about it. Is this an instrument of communication or torture, speaking of a telephone? Downton? Yes. Yes. All right, and last one. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Spongebob. Yes. I'd like to point out that in the span of this episode, we have talked about two of maybe the greatest sources of memes in the last 20 years, and that would be SpongeBob Spongebob and and The the Office. Office. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. So what did we learn today, Rachel? That we need to watch more TV. I don't think we do at this point in our lives, but you know what? I think we learned we have different tastes in television. Definitely. (laughs) We learned our guilty pleasures in television and we also realized that you know tv type productions are what we have the most experience in this is probably the most we have ever like actually expanded upon our experiences true yeah we could have gotten even nerdier with you guys about all the tech stuff but we chose to spare you that pain yeah but moral of the story is scripted and live productions are both stressful live is more stressful so you got to keep Woo. keep yourself on your toes, even on a soundstage production, but it's not like anybody's waiting for the broadcast to come back on air at a specific time. Anyway. It's good. Good skills. Lots of fun. We love it. We really do. True. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to be kept on your toes without jumping into a live streaming career, you could just, you know, take a risk, take the plunge, and follow us on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> Post-production podcast. This is, in fact... Post the post-production production pod- podcast. We will see you next time. No, we won't. Good. This is a podcast. Bye. We okay. We will talk to you next time, next week. There you go. Good. Bye. Goodbye now. Bye.